Welcome to the Express Your Wonders show, a podcast for those who want to set themselves free from the lies that fear and anxiety tell us. I grew up in a world where it was very important what other people think, as if they were watching me all the time and judging me. I was always told what to do, what not to do, and how I should feel and how I should not feel. So what did that teach me? Well, obviously, it taught me that I can't think for myself, or I don't know what my true feelings are because someone else needs to tell me what I feel. So I'm not good enough, and I'm not worthy enough of having what other people have. And wait, what kind of crap is that? It took me way too long to realize, so I started a podcast to help you see the signs that lead to these limiting beliefs, so you don't have to wait as long as I did to realize that you're pretty awesome, and you are so worthy, and you have a lot to offer this world. I'm Bronwyn Corkery, and you'll hear from me and special guests who will help you see the amazing value that you hold inside by sharing their stories and what they did to change their mindset. I'm sure you'll be able to relate to some of these stories and probably will make you laugh a little bit too. So let's get started. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi, welcome to the very first episode of Express Your Wonders. I'm so excited to be here, and I look forward to creating a community with anyone who's ready to step out of their comfort zone and live the life that was meant for them. In today's episode, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself and what brought me here to create this podcast with a desire to offer support to people who are like me, who live their lives believing that they're not good enough and suffer from imposter syndrome. While I was preparing for this podcast, I learned that I am more of a story writer than a storyteller. Somehow I get all the words down on paper of what I want to say, but when I try to say it off the top of my head, instead of writing it down first, I go blank and have no idea what I'm saying. So if you hear the shuffle of papers in the background, bear with me. I just want to dive right in in the best way that I know how. One thing I can certainly guarantee with this podcast is you'll get the vulnerable, messy, honest, and always learning brawn. And it's my first example of how I need to let go, trying to make things perfect before I share anything with others. I'm Bronwyn. I'm 59 years old, and I lived most of my life as a people pleaser. I've done a lot of soul searching, been to therapy, and listened to lots of podcasts about overcoming fear and anxiety to live your best life. It's been a pretty powerful journey. I'm married to my soulmate of over 33 years. Mike and I have four kids, all adults now. The funny thing is, is the way I said that, my soulmate of over 33 years, Mike and I have four kids. Right now I have one of my brothers on my shoulder making fun of me for saying that and saying something back to me like, oh, how did your soulmate feel about you and Mike having four kids? Then the laughs, the distraction, and I never get to finish what I'm saying. This is how we think of my family, always ready for the joke. I'm just as guilty, don't get me wrong. And this is just the tip of the iceberg of how I don't always feel heard. Anyway, back to me and Mike and our four amazing children. They were all pretty close in age. My oldest son is 32, second son just turned 31, daughter just turned 29, and my youngest is 25. We've yet to experience empty nest syndrome, and to be honest, I don't know if I'll ever be ready for that. But it's empty enough that I finally have my dream craft room. Life is good. 
I'll talk a little more about my family at a later time. But for now, I just want to go all the way back to the beginning. It was a cold day in January of 1951. <laughs> all right, JK, LOL. But actually, it was a rare 74 degree day in January of 1951 when my parents were married and the start of the Wood family began. Wood is my maiden name. As a group, my family was known as the Woods. Here's how the Wood family dynamics began. Like I said, my parents were married in January of 1951. Mom was 29 years old. Dad was 36. On October 28th of the same year, they gave birth to their first son. One year later, in November 1952, they had their second child. This pattern continued for two more years. By November of 1954, my parents had two boys and two girls, ages three, two, one, and newborn. So a couple of months go by, but by February of 1956, along comes another baby boy. By the time he was 16 months old, another baby boy came along. And by the time he was 18 months old, one more baby boy. So now by December of 1958, they had children ages seven, six, five, four, three, one and a half, and a newborn. I'm exhausted just talking about it. Well, seven months, several months go by, even a year. Mom is starting to feel pretty good. Her body is getting back into shape, losing some of that baby weight. You know, I might even add that her smallest baby was well over nine pounds. Her first baby was about nine pounds, nine ounces. She jokingly says, how do you have a smaller baby? To which the response was, have a girl. Then her second baby comes along, a girl weighing in at a whopping 11 pounds, two ounces. I won't bore you with the details of each baby's weight, but let's just say her first was her smallest. Anyway, she's now adjusting to routines with seven children, but then mom starts symptoms of menopause. Mood swings, periods stop, the usual. Seems young for menopause, but maybe that happens when you have seven babies in as many years. Then a couple of months go by, and she's starting to feel a hard spot in her abdomen. With the fear of possible tumors, she heads off to the doctor. She had already lost her mother less than two years prior to breast cancer, so I guess this would be a real concern for her. Well, thank goodness they did not find a tumor. Turns out all it was was little old me. Four months after that, only weeks after turning 40, she gave birth to her last child. So it turns out no early menopause for mom, but I do remember those glorious days as I was in my early tween years at the time. The hot flashes, the mood swings, oh boy, it was loads of fun. Mother of eight, oldest son getting ready to join the Marines, four other teenage boys, and two teenage girls. Life at that time in her life must have been really rough. But anyway, back to me enjoying the Wood family. <laughs> My two older sisters, who were seven and eight at the time I was born, were so excited to finally get a girl after so many brothers. I became a live doll for them. Looking back, that was must have been a huge help for my parents. Kind of a mommy's helper times two. They took care of me a lot and were always happy to take me places with them. And when they were a little older and able to drive, they would take me for a ride to the store. Back then, it was a big deal to go for a ride in the car. We didn't always have a car. It wasn't as necessary where I lived. Being in a borough of New York City, there was a good bus system to get us all around. I might have even 
been around 10 when we got our first station wagon. Oh, I shouldn't say our first station wagon, the first one I remember having. My sisters were allowed to drive it when they needed to, and that's how I got to go for rides with them. So that's how the life of bronze started out. I like to share the story of these first 10 years of my parents' marriage because I think it sets the stage for the childhood we had and because I think it's pretty mind-blowing. Of course, my siblings might tell the same story a little differently because they lived most of it and had different perspectives. I can only go by the stories I heard over the years and believe to be true. As far as mom's story of menopause and a tumor, I think that was her way of thinking, I can't possibly be pregnant again. You know, denial. By the way, did you pick up on the fact that I never really used the word pregnant until now? In those days, pregnant was a word that you just didn't say, like it was a dirty word or something. There was shame behind the word, like you did something dirty instead of just getting married and magically becoming with child. I show the air quotes as I say that. The 60s and 70s brought on the beginning of a lot of change. To this day, whenever I hear the word pregnant, I think of an old episode of All in the Family when Gloria was pregnant and every time she or Mike Stivick, who was her husband, said the word, Archie Bunker would say, don't say that word. All in the Family was a controversial sitcom at the time, pushing the envelope just a bit. I'm surprised I was even allowed to watch it. My father did not allow us to watch anything that was what we called suggestive when we were kids. In fact, one time I was watching that show MASH and my father just was like, no, not happening. So he came in and turned it off. He just didn't approve of whatever was going on in the scene. I don't remember the details of it, but I was like, crap, now what do I do? Anyway, but for some reason, my father really liked the character of Archie Bunker. Before I continue this conversation, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, Expressive Wonders. Go on over to expressivewonders.etsy.com to get your holiday shopping underway. They offer custom and personalized gifts for moms and dads, teachers, and other special people in your life. When you get to the page, look for the link to sign up for their VIP club and get 25% off your first order. That's expressivewonders.etsy.com. So this is my segue of growing up in the 60s and 70s. We were raised in a neighborhood where being from a large family wasn't that unusual. In fact, sometimes I thought my family wasn't that big because we had other families in our community with 12, even 14 kids. Our neighborhood had a high population of Catholics. We all mostly went to the local Catholic school and some went to public school. To me, they were the cool kids. I don't know why I thought that. My brothers and sisters and I grew up in a very judgmental world where there was a lot of shaming and worry of what others allegedly thought. Imagine the stress of trying to keep eight kids clean and neat and off to church every Sunday morning, making sure that no one thought we were scroungy, dirty, out of control kids. What pressure that must have been. Well, this is the beginning of the story of growing up in my big family, where my mother was obsessed with what other people thought and my father, well, I don't know how to describe him. I love my father with all my heart and soul, but he was a bit eccentric. Also chasing the demons of his past. And by the time I was growing up, he had some health issues he was dealing with. 
I'll save his stories for another day. Bottom line is, I always felt like I had the greatest parents in the world. I love all my siblings with all my heart and soul. I don't blame anyone the way I internalized everything and tried to live up to some kind of expectations that I thought everyone had of me. I'll share what I know led me to the sense of unworthiness, not good enough, and depression, and the guilt I felt for living a safe and comfortable life and still not being happy. I'm a champ at covering my sad feelings so people actually believe that everything is going just great for me. I have so many fears and anxieties and insecurities, but I've come a long way in believing that I am good enough and I'm starting to understand that I have a purpose. That is to fight through it and help others identify their feelings and accept them as real and look into the causes of what leads us to believe the negative thoughts that lead us to feel unworthy. I always felt that I wasted so much of my life by being afraid, afraid to talk to people, afraid to try new things, and the list goes on. I hope you'll take this ride with me so we could be vulnerable and scared and safe in a community of people ready to open up and support each other. And one final thought, always remember, you are worthy, you matter, and you are loved. Thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, I'd really appreciate your help to reach out and connect with the beautiful people who would benefit from hearing stories of struggles most of us have believing in ourselves and how we could push forward with grace, laughter, and confidence to live the abundant life we deserve. The way you could do that is to head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to the show and leave a review. It would also help so much if you would share it on Instagram and tag me at Expressive Wonders so I could give you a shout out as well. Your participation really means the world to me, so I'd like to invite you to continue the conversation over in my Facebook group, Express Your Wonders Podcast Community, where you can also find a link to grab your free mirror decal that says a special affirmation just for you. You can also follow me on my Facebook page, Expressive Wonders, as well as Instagram, at Expressive Wonders. I'd like to give a big thank you to Tiffany Mason from Virtually You Podcast for her tremendous help getting this podcast up and running, and to my accountability support group, Sparkles, for their incredible encouragement. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.